Black Monopoly presents Dope Dialogue. What's going on, y'all? This is Busy, and you're now tuned into Dope Dialogue, presented by Black Monopoly. And today we got on our first guest ever, Wazir. What's going on? How you doing? How you doing? I'm good. What's going on? Busy, man. First of all, I just want to thank you for having me on this platform, bro. I've been following y'all for a while. Dope page. A lot of humor, a lot of interesting stuff going on over there. So I'm rocking with it, bro. Sure. We appreciate the love, man. And yeah. um, wait, wait, Black um, Monopoly, right? For sure. For sure. Black Monopoly. For sure. Yes, for sure. Sir. And, uh, you know, checking out your social media and everything. You have a lot of game in terms of the trucking industry and also your music. So we're going to tap into that as this conversation grows along. But shit, just to start off, you know, give the people a little bit of where you started from. Like, how did you well, go into the YZ you are today? Okay, well, well, we could start from the home base. I'm from Houston, Texas, sure. born and raised, you know what I mean? Born in the 90s, 93. And uh, my upbringing was normal for people like us, you know what I'm saying? I grew up in like a lower income environment, Section 8, different stuff like that. But I grew up on the east side of Houston, so it's kind of, it's very mixed up. Houston in general is kind of very, uh, what's the word? What, what's the word for mixed diverse? up? You know, what I'm saying? it's like very diverse. diverse. Gotcha. There we go. Houston is very diverse. So, not even just in races diverse, but in economic, uh, like 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 in, in economic terms. So I grew up in some lower income apartments, but my best friend lived in some uh, nice houses, and then I had another friend over here who might live in a trailer park, and another friend over here who lived in gated community. So just growing up on the east side, you see a lot of different stuff that kind of broadens your horizon. I would say just growing up on the east side of Houston. Then I grew up in, uh, you probably heard of it, the, the Nation of Islam. So I grew up in the Nation of Islam from like birth on to, we was regular probably till I was like 16, but even still, my father still goes all the time. So that was the other side of my upbringing, doing a lot of community work, a lot of, you know what I'm saying, stuff in the hood. That's because that goes on on the south side of Houston. Then my parents are from the north side. So I'm just a very born and bred Houston native. And uh, yeah, man, the, and the creative and art stuff, that all came with the way I grew up. I was in the band in high school and middle school, played instruments, and that led into the music. And then I went to college and all of that led into the education and a long road to that led into trucking. So that's how y'all found out about me. But for the past 10 years, I've actually been doing music and film because I went to film school and audio engineering school out of high school. So that's my start, that's my foundation. And I'm just using that knowledge base to just be myself in a lot of different mediums. So that's my origin story gotcha. right there. So like, as this yeah. conversation grows, we're definitely going to see how those two merge and how you're, you know, using those to get to where you want to go. But just off a couple of things you said right now, I have a couple, you know, just a couple of questions. So that the diverse nature of Houston that you grew up in, how, mm -hmm. like, what impact would you say that had in terms of, you know, skills that you're applying to your life today? Just to say it again, the, diverse, the diversity of Houston, what? Like the diverse nature of Houston, like the, the culture that you grew up in, having both sides, like being able to say, you know, have that experience of people who lived in trailer parks, people who lived in big homes, people who lived in, you know, Section 8 housing and everything. How did, did that, like what tools did that give you to navigate into mm. growing into the man that you are today? Well, it, it gave me the ability to communicate with different kinds of people. Gotcha. So... 
I, it gave me a universal language. So when I'm speaking, I'm not just thinking of somebody that I grew up with in my apartments that we probably struggling or whatever. Or I'm not just speaking to my homeboy who probably got everything he wanted for every birthday. He, ne he never even thought about money or my, you know what I'm saying? Or my homegirl who over here, she got a house, but they also are in a lower income, but they got a house. I never had a house, stuff like that. So sure. when I speak, or when I communicate, I'm used to talking to more than one demographic because that's just the way I grew up. That's just how Houston is. And that's just how the East Side is. You, you grow up around so many different things. You you in school, you don't know who got money or who don't. We all in right. one pot. So it's a it's a it's just a general coolness that a lot of people try to, you know, kind of attribute to Houston's Houston natives anyway. Like we kind of just chill. Sure. We're not really rah-rah. You know what I mean? Yeah, that is, yeah, that is like a gangster element or a street element to Houston. But I think the difference between Houston and a lot of places is if you're not involved with that, people don't try to involve you in it. They just be like, oh yeah, you doing that? You the like I was the I was the homie. I was skateboarding most of the time in my teen years. So they see me, oh he oh that's the skateboard dude. Hey, hit a kick flip. You know, they out there selling drugs or something. Hit a kick flip, bro. And I hit my little kick flip or or I'm in the band with my homies over there, or I'm doing sports. I'm with my sports friends. It just made me very well rounded and I kind of think from just a neutral standpoint. So when I when I talk to people, I have an easy time in a multitude of arenas. I don't really feel uncomfortable anywhere because I'm used to being around a lot of different people. So that's what that's I think that's how it helped me. Got you. Yeah. And in terms of like the the nation, nation of Islam, uh, I would like to frame that question in the same way because I know um, the values and like the the nation instills in its people is it's high. It's high value. So like, how would you apply, like, how, how do you say you apply those teachings and that lifestyle into also becoming the man you are today? And how does that help you navigate? How do those teachings help you navigate life in 2021? Well, I'll say two of the strongest uh, teachings that kind of, it's kind of the root of, of that teaching is one, do for self. Yeah, for doing sure. for self. For sure. We was always taught do for self or suffer the consequences. So at a young age, I, the only reason I traveled outside of Houston growing up was because my parents were going to different nation events, whether it was the march we were having in D.C. or Chicago or the, the, the large gatherings we would have every year in different parts of the country. That was the only reason I was traveling. So I got a, a sense of like going somewhere and everybody I look around look like me. And we doing all types of stuff. This person driving the, the transportation, that person selling the food, this person got the clothes, this person got land, this person teaching people about technology, this person, you get what I'm saying? Sure, this person sure. media. So sure. I grew up with a sense of, I'm thinking, because I'm just a child, I grew up in this from birth. So right. I'm thinking all black people are like this. I'm not, in my mind, yeah. we, black people have everything, you know, we're like, oh man, that's pretty dope. Like, and then I go to these marches and all you see is us or all you see are people who are aligned with us or affiliated with us. So I felt a sense of confidence and a sense of uh, uh, just doing for self, being self-sufficient, like trying to figure out ways where we could do something for ourselves so that we're not acting the greater, you know what I'm saying, government sure. or the or the dominant, sure. what people call it, the dominant society and stuff like that. It's just like, just us doing something for ourselves. That was, that was one of the main teachings. And my parents were, that, that seems like what drew them into the nation a lot is because I grew up behind, I don't know if you ever been to community events. You probably have. You like somebody who's been somewhere at a, sure. you know what I'm saying? Right. Where you see the, you see, you know, the vending tables where everybody walking yeah. around buying stuff. I grew yeah. up behind the vending table. My parents, in every event were vending. So I'm there talking to, oh, we got these, these are $2 or Those we sell toys. From a young age. 
exact from a young age. I got, I seen my daddy do it. He taught me when you're doing this, this is how you speak. You got to speak with confidence. You got to tell them about the product. You got to, if somebody walking by, don't just let them walk by, greet them. How you doing? Da, 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 da. And then from there you build a relationship and then from there you can do business. So that's a very core tenant of the nation. And another one is just, uh, just my blackness, just my sense of being black, my, my pride in that sure, and sure. uh knowledge of self, you know, the, these terms and stuff sure. like that. So doing that, knowing my history and stuff like that just gave me another purpose in life. I always had that mission of like, oh, we got to do something for the community. We got to do something for our people. And then under, most honorable Elijah Muhammad always said, the best religion is to do unto others if you would have done it to you. So I always carried myself with a sense of humility or just, you know, treating people in the sense that I would want to be treated. I don't want, I don't really try to do people dirty. I don't, you know what I'm saying? I try to, I try to go into situations and deal with people the way I would want, want, want to be dealt with. I try to listen to people. I try to inspire people. Like I'm the type of person, I have no problem bigging people up. If you did something that I think is sure. dope or I'm feeling what you're doing, you got to show I'm love. Big, I'm bigging you up. Cause sure. how I grew up with, you want for your brother what you want for yourself. Not only that, half of what you got belongs to him. So if you, when you see your brother, you see yourself, see all these teachings I got growing up, just gave me a sense of community and a sense of love that I carry out every day. I'm not actually, but anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I ain't gonna go on it out. <laughs> That's good, it's cool, it's cool. Like, that part is actually definitely super dope. Like, whether, you know, someone is directly involved or indirectly involved, I feel like just being around that growing up, that, because, you know, the quote-unquote dominant society did such a great job in terms of dividing us and also mentally just messing us up that a lot of us are disconnected into those values. Like a lot of people from our communities don't know what it's like to be around and see other people like us doing different things because they, they're limited. So their scope is, you know, I got to do either play ball, rap, or, you know, sell drugs or do certain things to, to make it out. But you growing up, seeing people who are, you know, driving buses, who have their own companies, who have these other skill sets and values that definitely does something to you as a kid seeing that there's more out there so i know for sure like i understand exactly what you're saying in terms of that now let's slide into like the the music a little bit so the diverse nature of houston also like the teachings and the values that you got from the nation and everything growing up how did that lead you into music well music for me started at a, at a young age i started playing the trumpet when i was uh when I was 11. So I was in band, I read music and all that. And I did that all the way until I graduated high school. So that was a, that was just, that's kind of how my brain developed reading music and playing the instrument. I never thought of making it, but I have a classical training and a classical education and foundation in music because that was just part of my day. I go to school, I go to lunch, I go to band, I go to play football, I do track. It was just part of my upbringing. So what happened was, this is how I got into music. I tell you directly how I got into music creating music it was my senior year and i was really good at this sport called pole vault have you ever heard of pole vaulting yeah for sure track you, yeah yeah you run with the long stick stick it in the ground throw you in the air and you go over I, I had i had worked i wasn't naturally good at it but i from freshman year all up to senior year i worked and worked and worked and i went from being just an average person to the to the best in my district so i was in contention to go to state so to get to state, we had this regional meet, da, 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 and we had the qualifiers and I get first place. So I'm like, man, all I got to do is come back next week, do the same thing. I'm going to state. What? I'm the first one in our school history to go to state for this event. Like our oh. track team was raw. So we always went to state, but I was going to be the first pole vault. I'm like, dang, it's going to be lit. So it's a week before that meet. 
I'm back in practice. I'm running. And something happened. I get thrown backwards. In, I'm running into the wind. I get thrown in the air some kind of way. And I land back on the track, not on the mat. And I break my wrist. Wow. Mm. I'm like, ah, this is my way to go to college. This is my, sure. like, I got colleges looking at me. I got, I'm like, what? What just happened? Like, I've been working at this for so many years. Like, and in that moment, I got a cast on. I was, a, you know, what I'm saying? I was active skateboarder, instruments and all that. But I couldn't, I couldn't be active. Hold on. I think this dude from the talk to me. For sure. Let me let me see. Hold on. No problem. You in the uh, field, so. Yeah, we in the field. Hold on. I'm thinking. How you doing? All right. You need to move door thirty-one and open the door. Thirty-one. Thirty-one. Yes, please. All right. <laughs> they got me. <laughs> they got me moving doors. But uh, basically, um, when I broke my wrist, I ended up. <laughs> this is gonna sound crazy, but I ended up on these painkillers. I had never done no drugs or nothing. I ended up on these painkillers. Strong painkillers. Whatever that I, I don't want to say the brand, but it was it was the opiates. This opiate crisis we on. I was on some strong stuff. Changed my frame of mind. All of a sudden, my boys was already rapping, but they was like, "Hey, bro, you, we writing some." I like, right, I try to write some. I'm out of my mind. Though. I'm on these pills. I can't do track no more. I'm I'm immobile. But I'm I'm I've always been like a funny dude or like a class clown type of dude around my gotcha. friends and stuff like that. But I never really seen myself as a creator for whatever reason. But when I was on these whatevers, my brain became creative. I didn't, I didn't, I stopped thinking about who am I, what am I. I just started pinning verses, and I'm just writing them to make my friends laugh at first. So I'm just writing them, da da da. And then I, I had been writing them. So then I was like, man, spit, what you been working on? So I write. I mean, I spit it to them. They like, hey, you kind of good though. Like that's funny, but you, you kind of got bars or something like that. I'm like. Uh, you know, whatever. So I'm like, you think so? It was like, yeah. So I just started going to my partner house and we rapping in the in the Wi-Fi mic, oh, the webcam mic and stuff. This oh, is man, early yeah, days. Way back. Way back in the day. You know, you just in the house with your homies playing around. When I, but what happened was I went off to college. I ended up still doing track when I went to U of H. But when I was in that dorm, I wasn't in marching band no more, but I was still in sports. I was in track at University of Houston. But I still had that music in me. And my friends were in marching band because they were my friends from high school, was at U of H, University of Houston. They were in a marching band. So I'm still hanging out with them. And I met this one dude who was like, yeah, I make beats or whatever in this thing called Fruity Loops. I was like, yeah. what's that? He's he like, you make beats in there. I was like, for real, let me see what you're talking about. So he he hooked me up with Fruity Loops on my computer. He started teaching me how to make beats because I already have that music know-how. I had been pinning verses this whole time going to, over the summer into college. So I'm in my dorm, I'm pinning, I'm rapping over industry beats, doing freestyles, putting them on YouTube and stuff, just, just playing with it. So that whole semester go by, I taught myself, well, I didn't teach myself, my homie taught me how to make beats. I worked on it every day in, the, in my dorm room. Eventually, me and my friends put together a group around Christmas time. And now we, we doing shows, we selling out little small clubs in downtown Houston. We go into the studio and it's like, bro, I really want to do this. This ain't just no hobby for me no more. I just want to do this. But my see, my family ain't even know I was doing it though. They kind of picked up on it. Got my you. parents are cool. My parents are similar to me. They cool people. They're not super strict or nothing, but I just, they just didn't know. And I didn't know how they was going to take it. Cause the stuff I was writing about at that time, I'm talking, I'm talking gun talk. I'm oh, whatever man. I can do, a <laughs> whatever I can add a punchline to, I'm doing it, whether I'm living it or not. This is early days sure. of learning how to learn the craft. But then my daddy heard it. He was like, man, you good. Like everybody in the family found out what you're doing. You good. We rocking with it. But look, he was like, won't you do one positive song? Just one positive song on some stuff. Like what we was on when you was growing up. Da, da, da. I'm like, 
all right, I could do it, you know what I'm saying? Because I never, at that time, I had never tried to write about anything. I was just sure. pinning bars, just punchline, punchline. I, I came up off of Wayne. I'm trying to do some Wayne type stuff. But then my daddy was like, just try that one song. Bro, I wrote, I wrote one song in that vein. And I was like, oh no, this is who I am. Because <laughs> now I can put a part of me that my friends really didn't know that pro-black in the community side. They knew the east side of me, the, the funny sure. me, whatever. I didn't bring it up because I didn't want to argue with nobody. But once I did that, it unlocked a part of my brain to where I could communicate these things in a more digestible way. Because I knew if I were to talk about these concepts of blackness and doing for self and knowledge of self and where we came from and where we could go. And if I had that conversation, it would be met with resistance. But in a song, it, it just was fly. It was just like on some, you know, we got artists like that. Kanye, Lupe, sure. yeah, people, people, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Sure, sure. Big Crit. Yeah, now okay. J. Cole, Kendrick, sure. people understand what that is if I did it in a rap. So it was like, oh, so now people even I can communicate better with people because they wasn't hearing that from silly, goofy Camille. Let me uh, let me start moving a little bit. Gotcha, can gotcha. we multitask while we do this? Oh, for but, sure, uh, for sure, for sure. but yeah, that's what happened. And what and bro, when I tell you when I took that music serious, my daddy coming from that do for self background. Bro, it was do for self. I was printing CDs. I was running around Houston. I was traveling a little bit around the country doing shows hand to hand. Even me and my daddy would go places with no money, but got product and be like, we going to sell these to get back. For sure. For sure. We did that. Me and my daddy went places, had the money to get there. We had to hustle to get back. So my daddy was, my daddy is a very like, he like a, He's a no fear visionary. People call themselves a visionary. He like, no, we jumping out, we jumping off the porch now. Like, let's do it now. <laughs> Go right now. Like, print it up, put your logo on it. Which, or if you ain't on the market, get on iTunes. How to get on it? So he started making me legitimize what I was doing as a hobby at a fast rate. He like, you need to do this. You need to talk. So I jumped, I, I jumped out, and I, bro, I ran with it. But I ended up leaving that second semester. I got so deep in the music, man, and I was interning at these studios, which really was like. You know how I don't know if you know how studios are on the underground level. They low key double as trap houses, or <laughs> so it's like yeah, they. I'm like in the I'm in the trenches now. And I ain't even grow up like that. Like sure, I grew up around it, but I'm not, I ain't I ain't never trapped in them. So now I'm in the environment where they trapping is dangerous. They got guns in there. Sure. I'm not knowing, but as the longer I'm there, I'm just little homie. They like oh little homie, play your beats, little homie, or little homie, spit something for us, little homie, or. Man, let me show you how to edit videos, little homie. So they was like grooming me, but I wasn't even peeping what was going on all around me. But once I did, I kind of was like, and they told me this too. They was like, bro, you need to go to ACC because one of them had went there. And it was like, they have an audio engineering program. You can learn all of this and not be around the rest of this. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm like 18, 18, 19 at this time. So I'm like young. They don't want me to end up getting locked up because, you know, anything could go down there. People's getting robbed, all type of stuff. And I'm just, they could just see it in my eyes. I just want to learn audio. I don't really want to be no street dude. You know what I'm saying? Sure, for sure. So, so that's what I did. My mama helped me out, get, got me an ACC. And I did exactly what they told me. They told me to go to ACC, get a degree, become a lab aide, which is somebody who kind of tutors the students and has access to all the studios. And that's what I did. I went to HCC, went through the program, got a job for the, at the college. And that's why I met a lot of my early homies in music. I learned how to educate people in music. I gave tours of our facilities. I talked to the investors when they was about to like invest in the company. I played some of them, my music, and now we get new equipment and all this other kind of stuff. Like the the heads of the professors, I'm cool with them. And I just became ingrained in that community of just, 
education as it pertained to the music business. Cause I had music education in the sense of music notation, music theory, but I had never knew about technology as far as MIDI For and sure. like the SSL board. Like yeah, yeah. Yeah. For Mixing. Sure. Cause, cause at ACC at that time, they taught you from ADAT to Pro Tools. So ADAT is what they recorded Thriller and all of that on. Like ADAT is like, like old, te old technology. Tape. We learned this thing called a patch bay. It got, I think, it, I think the SSL got 64 channels. And then you got hardware, like reverb. Sure. units like a metal box they got knobs on it reverb and you got to patch it in with chords so this is where my foundation of music education come from it's like unnecessary for the modern times sure. but just that background knowledge of theory and the technical aspect of how this signal flow actually works gave me a head start in the music to where i was only a couple years in but my music sounded like man who you working with i'm like oh it's just me like i i, I record i i produce and i write i do all that they was like what I'm like, yeah, but I kind of had a head start. Now it wasn't, it wasn't where it needed to be, but my my start was like better than my peers just because I had that, I had a cheat code almost. I had like sure. that education, that formal that education on that both real experience. Yeah. For sure. Hold on, let me let me start this bad boy up real quick. Hold on, we're gonna no problem, move over to the we'll move over to door 31. I'm on door 20. See, this part of the job, man. We're gonna talk about how we got yeah, the truck in. No we're gonna talk about me. how we got it and all it is, man. For sure. This is a, this is an event. We all sure. here with busy. And we in the field. Like it's live. So <laughs> I, I like I love it. I love it. It's not like stationary. Like you actually like in the field and everything. But going back to yeah. the music real quick, I think it's real dope that your father like did he played a role that a parent is actually supposed to play in terms of like um their their, their kids' interests. So like he he didn't really he didn't shun you from doing what you had to do. He kind of just gave you tools to excel it. Yeah, yeah. So like wait, what? Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure what happened, but like he gave you the tools to excel. Like he gave you the tools to to navigate and also be like, you know what? I'm not gonna shun you from doing what you're doing or rapping what you're rapping about. He just changed your perspective and then also, you know, showed you how to do for self in that route. Like, yo, let's hit the road. Like, get your logo on. Let's get, let's do X, Y, and Z. So like, um, get you a banner. For sure. Yeah. So like, for sure, <laughs> little for stuff sure. like that. For sure. So like, that, that's like that's pretty dope. A lot of parents don't you know don't know how to do that. How to like capitalize off what their kid already sees like yo are you this is what you want to do right, i'm gonna help you do these tools and you know help you express yourself so leading from that like from the music and everything like this you so so you go to um like, like um i forgot what it was called it was acc you said yeah houston community i went from university of houston to houston community college which was i had to i had to humble myself because the people i grew up around was all you know we all nerds and stuff so everybody yeah. want to go to these tier one tier this but I, sure, I humbled sure. and went to the community college and got that gotcha. real. But go ahead. What you and, and that's where you got the music, like the technical music skills and everything. Got you. So yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's why I learned I learned piano and all that. But go ahead. That's pretty dope. So then how did that like like so you immersed yourself in this music world? How did you get into trucking? Like what led you into being a trucker? Now that's now that's a long road. Cause I'm doing uh we ACC was 2012 is when I went there, so I had a whole career after that. I've been building my music up since 2012, so it didn't get super crazy. Cause I you know I I'm building this from straight muscle, straight dolo. I'm I'm shooting a lot of my own videos. I'm editing. My, I went to film school also during that time. So Ooh. during all of that time, I'm releasing projects, putting music out, doing shows, traveling, just trying to do anything I can to get on, bro. Like just trying to do anything I can to gain fans, get people sure. to hear my music. Cause my problem was never 
was never whether people liked my music. I know I don't really have that story of like, y'all didn't believe me back then. Now y'all believe anybody that heard me was like, oh, yeah, sound like you're going to make it. I was like, yeah, but how? They're like, well, I don't know, but sounds good to me. I'm like, okay, like, but uh, so that was my issue. So I fought that fight, that good fight. And I got myself, you know, I, I, I got myself probably up to like 14K on uh on Instagram. This is before I started trucking right there. Okay, I'm communicating to do it. I started uh trucking from there. I mean, uh, I fought that fight all up until COVID. Now, during this time, I'm driving Uber. I ain't tell you that. I was an Uber driver. Sure. I'm out here hustling. I got my own apartment and stuff like that. And man, I went homeless. I lived in my car. A lot happened during this time yeah. before I started trucking. I lived in my car for like six months straight. And uh, people didn't, my parents didn't even know. Nobody knew. Well, I had did a song about it probably like 50 days in. And that's when my parents found out. Like, they find out a lot from my music because my music is like kind of straightforward. Like, I don't really sugarcoat. So I did a music on my gram of me like living in my car. And they people thought it was a metaphor. Like, oh, why are you living in your car? Oh, that's funny. Like, you hustling, right? No, I live in this car. <laughs> like, I literally live in here, shower at the gym. It was all in the song, right? So, so, so like, yeah. how, so, like how, but how did your parents take this? Like, when they found out, through, that I was living in my car? Yeah. Uh, they they didn't want me to do it. They wanted me to come home. My father kept saying, man, we worried about you. You know, it's dangerous out there on that street. For sure. Uh, but you know, I'm a I'm a I'm an artist in the truest sense, bro. I wanted to feel that because I wanna I wanted that urgency. I want this is what I want to do. I want to entertain people, bro. Uh I wanna I wanna make my art. I wanna be I wanna I wanna create. So this was 20, uh, this was 2019 before COVID. This was like from, from like June all up until January, I was in my car. And uh, around like December, my daddy was like, man, just come back home. But I'm like, nah, you know, I got that pride. Sure. I'm trying to really fight myself, pull myself out. I'm like, how inspirational would this be if I do this and make it out the car? You know, you got that whole mentality. I tried yeah. to go to LA. I went and lived in my car in LA for a little bit with my with one of my partners and got it cracking out there, did a couple. Did, I ended up in some random movies and just did some random stuff. And this is 20, now we in 2020. And uh, and I'm just like, man, I had been through so much, man. I had been so broke for so long. Pretty much my whole 20s, I've been broke. Really my whole life, I've been broke. But as an adult, I've never been stable. I've been up and down, struggling just, but but my it's all for the greater story. It's all for the for the creativity. Oh yeah. And just and just to inspire people. So Man, I go to LA, it, and the process of me going to LA, I messed up my Uber account. That was like my main flow of money. I come back, and now my Uber account is in LA, but I couldn't stay out there because a the person, it didn't work out when I went out there. So I came back, and I'm just like, man, I'm delivering food. I'm barely, I'm breaking even. All I can pay for is the car and food. So I go back home. My dad was like, man, we were, some stuff happened with some dude, like, was like knocking on my window when I was sleeping and stuff. So then I was like, man, it is getting kind of dangerous out there. So then I, uh, Hold on, let me see. So then I uh, I had to make a choice, bro. COVID happened, and so the world wasn't even really open no more. What nobody hiring, you yeah. did. What no real opportunities anyway. Like the world has stopped. So I'm like, real, Every, everything has stopped. Any word like anything I had built up by that time. Now I did pivot. That's when I had started making that music out of like I don't know if you went on my page, but I started making music out of like random objects in my house. Yep, that's when I start going like going like slight buzz or whatever, getting a little bit of love off that. And that's when I had started making music out of 
saws and stuff. So I just started getting really creative. I couldn't get no film crews. I just started doing it on my phone and editing it from that. But so we talking like March, right? We get to March. My birthday is actually in March, March 19th. And uh, I'm just at my wits end, bro. I'm like, I'm doing the music, but I'm, I'm not making no money. I'm struggling, barely eating food. Like you shouldn't have to make decisions. Like, am I going to eat or buy gas? Like, like these are my thoughts. Like real decision, <laughs> man, for real. for real. I'm like, I'm like food or fuel. What are, what are my choices? So I'm dealing with, I'm dealing with that. I'm trying to get things cracking, you know. So uh, I I don't remember applying to this company. I'm gonna be honest with you. I probably did apply because I don't know how they got my number. Probably from a database or something. Because I was a driver, so I probably was applying to just any driving job. And my goal was always to be some kind of nomad. Like I'm like, man, I gotta figure out how to travel. Like I want to see the country. I want to. Because in COVID, I couldn't even. You can't even really leave the house. I was out active delivering food, but. I'm like, man, I'm tired of Houston. I've been riding around in Houston for like four and a, four and a half years. I had over like 11,000 Uber trips. Like, you know what I'm saying? I had been around Houston I'm in circles for years. So I'm like- So you trying to see other places? Yeah, I'm calling people that live other places. Like, man, you got an extra room out there. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like trying to like really get out of Houston. But I get a call, a dude asked me and was like, hey, have you ever thought of uh, driving trucks? And I'm in the living room, my mama's sitting right there. And uh, she was like doing something on the computer. And I listened to the dude, I'm like, nah, like, like, well, I was gonna say no, cause I was kind of afraid of it. Like, <laughs> I ain't gonna lie, like you see these big trucks. And then I, I grew up in Texas. I don't know what city you in. What city you from? Are you in right now? I'm from Boston, but uh, I'm in LA right now. Oh, okay, I'm out here by you, I'm in Oakland right now. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, I grew up in Texas where we have this commercial by this dude named Jim Adler, right? Hold on, let me straighten out. This dude named Jim Adler, I might, that might be good. And he would have this commercial like, have you been hit by a truck? Have you oh, been man. ran over and crushed and your legs don't work by a truck? I'm Jim Adler, I can get you money. Like, like how you grow this image of like, trucks like running over people and hitting them. I'm like, bro, I ain't doing that, bro. Like, and then Houston's so crazy. We got some of the craziest like freeways. Oh, oh I got straighten up. Got you. I got you. I got you. I got you. This is uh, we live in the field, so it's cool. These yeah, things. we live in the field. This, I got you. you. He trying. What are you doing? He trying to tell me to straighten up, but he don't, they don't be knowing that. This is a good educational term. Your That's truck true. will not move unless you have a hundred psi on the on the air compressor because that's how your brakes work. And until you get that that end that's why trucks be sitting there you be like man go they letting their air build up because the truck won't even move it like got you so there's a compressor in there that's building up the psi yeah because it's for your it's, yeah it's for your because your brakes are actually locked naturally and the air releases the brakes that's what i didn't realize uh got you so if you don't get enough air your brakes won't release and you'll be just sitting there stuck and that's what was just happening at that moment he's trying to tell me to move and i'm like i'm about to move but i gotta let this air build up won't even let me dang but uh so he gave me that call and bro i just made a decision i'm gonna just do some you know they say if you do the same thing expecting a different result is insanity right sure. so i was like this is something i was afraid of and usually when i'm scared of something like that i kind of don't feel like that's a sign that I need to lean into it. Like when I was afraid to start producing, I leaned into it. When I was didn't think I was creative, I leaned into it. When I uh, 
you know, every part of my life that I ever felt some fear about, it worked out. So I was like, I ain't got nothing else going on. I ain't got nothing else to look forward to. The world is shut down. I might as well say yes. So I'm like, yeah, what I need to do? He was like, man, just come to Dallas. I'm in Houston at the time. He like, come to Dallas, which is like four and a half hours away. Come to Dallas, stay here for like, it's a three week program. We're gonna give you a place to stay. Like, like I'm telling you, I ain't had nowhere to stay. We'll give you some, we got, we got, a, we got our own hotel. Uh, we're gonna give you breakfast, uh, breakfast and dinner every day. We're gonna give you a stipend for food. I'm like, all this, I'm like, dang, I'm finna eat <laughs> and get a stuff. I'm like, hey, man, hey, it's lit. I'm like, hey, it's cracking, you know what I'm saying? I'm uh, hey man, let's sure. go. So I'm sure. with it. I'm like, I'm like, for sure, I'm out. And I was like, what I gotta do? He said, like, Well, you can come in May. That's our next opening. I was like, bet. Cause they had a shortage of drivers because of COVID. It just wasn't, it wasn't enough drivers. But um, so it just worked out so perfectly, bro. And I just was, I, I didn't tell nobody. I didn't tell nobody because I didn't want them to talk me out of it. You know what I'm saying? And I didn't, I didn't really have a good plan for it. I just knew that I wanted to change what I was doing. And sometimes, and this is something I'm learning the, the older I, you know what I'm saying? The more I live, the more experience I have. Sure. Sometimes you don't know why you're doing something, but you just trust in your gut and that's good enough. But some, but when you tell, but when somebody asks you why you're deciding to do something, sometimes I don't know ain't good enough for people. And then they just start asking you a bunch of questions and that'll discourage you from doing something that's something outside of you is calling you to, we talk about callings, we talk about missions and stuff like that, but you don't always when you get that inclina that the intuition, you don't always, you can't always verbalize that to somebody else. You don't always know what's on the other side of that decision. You just know this feels like another avenue. Someone's telling me to do it. So I kind of know how I kind of had sensed that. I didn't, I couldn't, I couldn't have articulated it to you like that back then, but I had a feeling like I shouldn't say nothing right now. I should just wait until like a couple days before I gotta go. So that's what I did. I waited till like two days before I had to go to Dallas because they had set up a bus for me. We talked to Cuz. Bro, I went and it was everything they told me to be. And I'm the type of person that loves learning. I don't know if you can tell that from my videos or any of my content. I love to learn new things. Things that I didn't know that I end up learning. And I realized that's why I love music so much because it was something I kind of knew, but I learned this whole new world of like science because audio engineering is kind of like science. You're dealing with frequencies and I know exactly yeah, what you so. mean, man, because uh, I make beats and stuff, too. So it is definitely like you're you're manipulating waves, like frequencies, yeah. science, like when every every knobby tweak, every number you go up, it's, it's, it's different. It might not be noticeable, but it's different. So I know exactly what you mean. It's you're it's like you're, you're messing with energies in real time. So I know exactly what you mean, for sure. Yeah. And, so. that, and that applies to everything else in life, for sure. Yeah, bro, because it's, it's and it always draws me back to just. Say like my, my, I told you about the pole vault thing. I didn't start off good, but what I learned from pole vault is I could start off not knowing something, work at it, and then in the end, it's a simple concept, but then I don't know how to do it. Sometimes people, we judge too quick. Like, it's, of course you don't know how to do it. It's new. So I went into the trucking industry with that same just openness. Like, hey, man, I'm in Dallas. I have never, at that time, I had never been to Dallas. So I'm like, I'm in another city. You know what I'm saying? And I'm finna, I can't go back home. It ain't nothing, it ain't nothing back there. So when I got in there and they started talking all this stuff I had never heard in my life. I didn't watch no YouTube channels about trucking. I didn't look at like the type of videos I make. I ain't watched nothing like that. I didn't even think about it until like the time I was about to go. I was just doing other stuff. Like, 
just doing going about my life. And then I'm like, oh, time to go to Dallas, y'all. I'm leaving. I'll be back in the, like three weeks. You know what I'm saying? I see y'all. They're like, what? What you doing? I'm a trucker. So I'm out there. And man, I just fell in love with it because it was so kind of like audio engineering. Like I was saying, it's science to it. It's like, oh, it's this truck weighs that much. Or or when you're going this speed, it takes this many feet for you to stop. Or then I had to learn every part of the truck from the front bumper all the way to the back of the truck. I got to know every single thing. I got to know how to inspect it. This is to get my license. I got to learn all these terms and laws. You got to park this many feet from a fire hydrant. You know, these random laws you learn. or You got to turn on your signal at this time. And you can't. this is how you make a turn and don't hit the curb. And it's just all this new knowledge. And my brain is just like, what in the world? Like, it seemed almost impossible, but I was open and I didn't have nothing to go back home to. So I was like, hey. So, and and this is why, I guess we could, we're going to probably get into that, but that's how I started the trucking industry. That's just how I didn't have nothing else going on, bro. I'll be honest with you. I ain't had nothing going, nothing really life-changing, popping. So I just took a leap of faith, bro. Like, let me just go try something different. Like, sure. get my money straight, bro. Because I'm like, I, at a certain point, you be like, man, come on, bro. I, I, I'm getting to my second. I'm getting second second half of my twenties at this point. I'm 27, so I'm like, I can't keep going back to my people house at 20. When I'm gonna be 37 doing this, like at a certain point, I gotta switch my my whole program up. I'm creative and all that, yeah, but I want to get into something that's necessary. Hell that's yeah. what I start thinking when I got in the truck, and I'm like, this is necessary. Like when I'm in class learning about all these how the trucks, how everything that we have claim off a truck and all of this. And I see the story of the dude who started the company I work for. He started in the eighties or something like that. And it's 2020 at this point, this was like, like I guess this was like 30 years, is that 30 years? This is a 30 year anniversary from 1980 to 2020. Or I probably got that, that math wrong. Is that 40 years? <laughs> well, no, no, it's like probably like 40, probably like close to 40 or so. Is that 40? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 80, 90. Whatever. It was a little yeah. some decades. So I'm looking at the growth of his company from a few trucks to this huge fleet with a school. They got their own hotel and they they flying people all over the country in to go to their school. And I'm peeping their whole operation because that's how I am. I'm a do for self thinker. So I'm looking around like, wow, look what he built. And it's a world I had no idea of. I've been in rap land for, for eight eight years at that point. I've been in music land and film land. I hadn't been thinking about these trucks that's around me every day and what goes into it and right. all that. So man it was just like a wealth of knowledge and opportunity once I started learning that stuff man when I got through and got my CDL I was like bro I could have been a doctor or something I was like how did I (laughs) I learned all of this in three weeks like I because I never really applied myself in school I got good grades but that was just off my natural memory and just intelligent like natural just intelligence on my you know what I'm saying like I was always in advanced classes but I didn't try I was just I would pass just off the strength of whatever I remember from class. And I, I was like, oh, I remember that. And I would get like a, I was a DC student because I would just pass just to pass. I wasn't trying to get no A's. I was like, man, I just passed. Yeah, so I, I just got to get out of here. Just got to get my diploma. <laughs> yeah, just give me up out of here. I'm going to college. Yeah. But I didn't really know what I wanted to be. But in that trucking, bro, I found a new love, bro. I'm I'm in deep now. I love trucking, bro. I ain't going to lie to you. That's but dope, yeah. man. That's dope. That's dope. And also, like, to go back to what you said about, like, just not knowing why or just having that inclination like something moving you to do a certain decision or action how did you align that with tiktok like what what in your mind made you go okay i'm gonna start you know doing these educational videos on tiktok and then building a trucker brand on tiktok bro again 
accident. This all was an accident. I'm gonna tell you what happened. I'm I had I had a TikTok before. I had probably made like two or three TikToks trying to do the music thing, cause, but I didn't it didn't stick because I, I didn't really I was like whatever man I'm focusing on Instagram. I was getting a little bit of growth on Instagram, so I was like I ain't even gonna worry about TikTok, but I keep going back to it because I'm like I you know try it out, but I wasn't into all the little dance movements you know, though, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like I love it that they doing it. I can dance a little bit, but I'm like I don't really want to do that. I did, I just didn't know what I wanted to do on TikTok. I was posting my music, but it really really wasn't getting no real traction i'm like i already got people on instagram they they love me on instagram it's small but they love me they they strong you know what i'm saying they, they rock with me so i had an account but i really wasn't posting to it but then my sister was like i got a little younger sister who like three years younger than me brilliant she she graduated she went to u of h but she graduated from u of h and like mathematical biology or something my sister really smart she's actually an educator now she's a teacher but uh she hit me up every now and then and be like and I guess my sister kind of knows how I am, so she don't really tell me really things. She kind of just asks me what I think about it. She'll be like, "Have you what? Have you thought about TikTok?" I was like, "Oh yeah, you know, I thought about it. It's cool." She's like, "Have you ever thought about doing trucking stuff on there?" Because she know I'm trucking, and I'm like, "Cause you know I'm gone for like two months at a time now, and I'm you know I was close to my family, so it's kind of like weird that I'm gone this long at a time." So she's sure. telling me stuff like, "Have you thought about doing trucking on TikTok?" And I was like, "Nah," but like, "What you mean do trucking on TikTok?" Like just talk about trucking like people care about that she, she was like yeah like she's like people talk about their jobs all the time on tiktok she's like it's a big thing so i just heard her and i was like all right that's cool so i went on to something else whatever whatever and then again she asked me again like months later was like hey yo like i think you should like talk about trucking on tiktok so i was like man you like the third person like she had told me at first then other people had been telling me that and i'm like Y'all really hype on this TikTok because I'm not on the platform because it's a video platform. I'm driving all day. I'm listening to, to podcasts and stuff. I'm not I'm not even really on Instagram like I used to be. I'm mainly listening to podcasts. I'm driving. I can't watch videos. So I'm not really even on the platform. So I'm like, all right, if you think it'll work, all these people telling me it'll work. At a certain point, I listen to signs. If people keep telling me stuff and I keep, I'm like, why does keep coming up? I guess I should do it. Like you read Bro, the book, I, tell, I mean, um, The Alchemist? Say that again? Have you read the book, The Alchemist? I have, I, I have. Wasn't he like, uh, I have, but I can't remember what it, it was like this dude, he was kind of wandering around. Yeah, and then it talks about things like omens. So it's like, as as he goes along, he's, the omens are pretty much things that, you know, show you like you're on the right path. So the fact that people kept bringing up TikTok and you finally listened, like, that was an omen for yeah. you. Yeah, like, that's crazy. I, I even forgot that I, I had listened to that audio book on YouTube, but yeah. yeah. That is true, but yeah, man. So, but so, so yeah, so you I just, finally jumped into it. Oh, I finally jumped in, bro. And I'm like, all right, first thing I'm gonna do, I'm gonna talk about something I got because I was like, I just do the regular stuff. I don't really know what what it is, so I was like, cool. I just like talk about backing. So I talk about, oh, I'm about to do a drop and hook, y'all. This is a trailer. I back in, hook to the trailer and pull off. So I did a quick little video, but it wasn't exactly how they are now. I just kind of did it kind of crudely, just kind of cut it together. And I was like, okay, this seems cool. Threw it up. It probably got like a thousand. No, it probably got like five hundred to like a thousand views. I was like, oh, compared so to my other stuff, it had never got no views on that on on that page. Just to jump right back into it, you left off saying I'm um, touching on how the first trucking video you did, it was just like a crude thing you put together, but then it gave you, it got you a thousand to five thousand views. Yeah, well, it was five hundred to a thousand. So, 
which wasn't a lot, but it was a it was a lot because I only had probably like 20 followers. I didn't have a lot of followers. I'm like, that's kind of weird. I was like, all right. So then I was like, I'll do another one. This one I was like, okay, I'm gonna just talk about just make it easy, just my opinion. Like, cause I'm like, I, I was kind of new in the trucking because I was like, I don't want to get too technical because I don't know everything about it. I kind of felt self-conscious about that. So I was like, well, I'll just say my opinion because I know my opinion. And this is my these are the three things. I like about trucking. So that's what I said. I was like, these are the three things I like. You seen that video? Sure, <laughs> but, yeah. These are the three things I like about trucking. So then I was like, all right, did my little three things. I did my little transitions. You know what I'm saying? I see, I peep game on the TikTok. I was like, they like transitions. And I, I come from a film background, so I know how to edit and do after effects. And all, but, but this is simple edit. Came I came back into play. Came my, all that training I had been doing in film school, all these years doing music videos and stuff. I'm like, oh, now I can use all that stuff. For this, so I'm like, cool. Did my little tra- my little transition. So I just turned my head. Some simple three things. I numbered it. Did my little instructional, and it got like two thousand views. And then it got like five thousand. I'm like, dang, five thousand. And then I'm getting followers. I probably got like two hundred followers. Then three hundred. I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. So I was like, I'm gonna go to sleep. I lay down. My friend texts me. My homegirl. She was like, hey. She's like, not you going viral on TikTok because she was already on TikTok too. She's one of the ones who had been telling me to do it. I'm like, ha yep. I'm thinking in my mind, 5,000 views. That's crazy. So I lay down. I wake up. I check my phone, bro. I had got a million views in one night. For real. <laughs> a million views. I woke up like, what, what, what? Hell, what? <laughs> like, that's, I didn't know I went viral, viral. Like, I'm like, I'm one of them people that went viral. Like, I'm a viral. <laughs> you know, I've been tr- I have been trying to go viral for 10 years straight. I did everything in the world trying to go viral. But I get into this new technology, this new algorithm, it's fertile ground, and I do something that's real, that's just me, my that I'm thinking is regular. I do that, and people are like, they rocking with it in a real way. I had never got a million views on nothing. The most I had ever got on anything was probably like 100,000, but a million in a night, I had never seen that. I never even thought that that was real. I thought people, I thought that was fake. You know, you hear somebody go viral, oh, they did this, they paid that person. some kind of connection or something. Yeah, who they know at Instagram? Who they know at YouTube? This fake. Ain't nobody believing these numbers. Bro, it legitimately, organically, all those Ickles words, it just went overnight. I had no control over that. It was a complete accident, but it was also a sign to me of like, that's why I felt like I didn't know what I was doing. Because it's like, how would I have ever known? If I would have told that dude no to trucking, I would have never made a TikTok talking about trucking. It was like that moment... I immediately went back to that moment where I was like, should I? I almost didn't do it. But then I was like, yeah, I'll do it. And I was like, that's why I said, yeah. Because I guess all that training I had was going to be used in a way that I hadn't even thought about. I, I had always had a love for like, let me just like growing up, well, let me just stay on TikTok and then we'll talk about my inspiration but behind why I make them and how I make them. But that was it, bro. I went viral in a day and it was crazy. And then I went from like 25 followers to like t- t- 10,000 followers. And then people that got on at that point was like, I've been here since you had 2,000 followers. And I was like, that was like three hours ago. I don't know what's going on. They saying it like they day one, it's the same day. Like yeah. people like, yeah, I've been here since 10,000 followers. Now it's the next day I got 20,000. It's like, it's like crazy. Dope, dope. And then the next three days, over the next month, I went up to 50K and I had only posted like six videos or seven videos or something like that. And I'm like, Bro, people really love this content. And I'm not even trying. I'm just doing it in between my loads real quick. Like, oh, the dangerous parts of trucking is this. And they're like, we love that. Yeah. It's like, okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, 
uh, this is one of my favorite places to drive. They like, yeah, like they love everything I do. I'm like, what? It, what is? It's like, it's almost like I can't believe it. It's like, it's weird, bro. I, I, I think the ain't... perfect thing though, it's like in a way, like it's for you. Like your personality is what's is what's bringing in people too. Like you, you're giving them game, yeah. Kind of trucking that people never knew, but your personality is bringing them in as well. Like they're falling in love with you. So that's pretty dope. Like you're building your 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 tribe in a way. Yeah, people that, cause like, like my music people, like if you met me from 2012 on, you know me as Wazir. Like, my my first name is Camille. That's my first name. So everybody before they know me as Camille, silly goofy Camille. But 2012 and 2012 to like last to 2020, y'all know me as rapper Wazir. Oh, he's spitting bars. He uh, everybody think I'm just like, oh, he's spitting. He doing this thing. I'm still kind of goofy in that, but not. But then when I do this trucking thing, they getting old Camille with new Wazir knowledge. Gotcha. And it's like the marriage of both worlds of like, I get to do my film stuff. If you hear some of the, I'm using my actual beats sometimes in them little bed sounds I put in there, that's my songs in there sometimes. Or I'll, the way I'm cutting, I'm like actually thinking about my cuts now like I would if I was doing a music video or something like that. But it's like, I'm, I'm a, they seeing my personality more fully. Oh, in yeah. music, they got to see a part of me. In my videos, they got to see a part of me. In interviews like this, I've done interviews like this, they got to see a part of me. But in this trucking part, it's like getting a whole other part of me. It's getting my my production brain. So that's why these everybody kept saying, I never thought the whole black nil black um what they call me? Black um Which one? the science guy. Oh, What's yeah, his name? Um, black Bill, Bill Nye. Nye. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the black Bill Nye. They they dubbing me the black Bill Nye. I seen that comment. I was like, I'm the black Bill Nye. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm like, I'm like. I have always loved science shows, bro. I When I grew up, like I told you, we didn't have a lot of money. My parents did the best they could, so a lot of times we didn't have cable. So I grew up watching Channel 8, PBS. I watched, my favorite shows was Zoom, oh, Miami, yeah, sure. Miguel, Between the Lions. Sure, Rain uh, Rainbow and everything, for sure. Yeah, but that's what I was watching growing up. Uh, You know, Sesame Street, all that. I grew up on that. Teletubbies, whatever. I watched that stuff because I didn't have the cable. So I go to school. I don't know what they talking about on Nickelodeon. I'm like, I don't know what that is. Have you did you watch this? You know, but once I did get cable, I still gravitated to Discovery Channel and for Travel real. Channel. This is Mythbusters. You ever watch Mythbusters? Hell yeah, or? Hell yeah, for real. For real. These are the shows I loved, and I didn't know why I love. I've always had a love for science too. Like what I used to say growing up, what I wanted to be grow up, I was like, I want to be a scientist, but or before that, I used to say I want to be because I seen artists on stage, I thought the only word I knew for that was dancing. I didn't know artists or performer. So I was like, I want to be a dancer, which sounds crazy, but I was like, I want to do that. Or, But I was a TV addict. I watched every TV show that came on from Living Single to Friends to Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Martin Cosby Show, Good Times, yeah. Sanford and Son, uh, all that, that, Amanda no Bynes. For real. You know what I'm saying? King of Queens, Frasier, whatever came on the TV, I'm watching it. Discover. Everything on Discovery Channel, everything on Science Channel, how it's made, uh, Bizarre Foods, Anthony Bourdain. I was a TV addict. So all that so, kind of influenced like the content you create now. That's what it is, bro. That's why it has that feeling. I'm not even doing that on purpose. That's just my sensibility. I have a, when I first started my music career, I had this brand or like this group I called ABD. It was a brighter day. But I didn't even call it a rap group. I was calling it ABD TV before I had ever done anything in video. 
because my whole thing, I was like, man, it would be dope if I had, this one I was like 20, like 19, 20. I said, like, man, it would be dope if I had like an old school television station and we like wore like old 70s or like 80s clothes and like we had cameras and old cameras. This was my idea, but of course it didn't follow through because I didn't really know how to follow through on visions at that time. I didn't have the leadership qualities to, it was people around me that were willing to do it, but I didn't really know how to, I didn't really understand what I was doing. I was just kind of sure. going off inspiration. But that idea kind of, stayed intact in my mind of just like I don't know it's kind of just like fun educational entertainment because that's kind of what my music was it was always educational I was giving people it was just a different education it was talking about blackness or doing for self and all of that or it was talking about metaphors and wordplay it was always educational so when I got into this I'm talking about trucks but I have that that inspiration behind it to to make it a production like things my mind is production thinking like I gotta have an intro I gotta say something before I go into this or I gotta throw a little corny joke in there that's kind of I would never make these jokes in rap because there's really no avenue to do it but in trucking I can go wow he wow wow like I can, I can just say <laughs> stupid stuff on video if people if people be like ah oh, that's funny but it's like I get to be dumb like I can just be like I would never do that but I'm like in this world I can do the dumbest silliest ideas because I low-key my mind is, I don't know, like I say, I don't know where any of this is heading. I, after this happened, I stopped. I, I decided I'm not gonna try to project no more because clearly I don't know what's going on. I'm just gonna ride whatever way stuff take me to. But I could see myself making stuff like this for all kinds of content because people keep telling me that, start a TV show, you should be on TV. This is TV quality, this is this, it's entertaining, I love it. And I'm like, was I, am I meant to make a, T, a PBS type program there am i supposed to be some uh neil degrasse tyson or bill nye or something like that of trucking or of whatever else i'm interested in maybe maybe or I'm supposed to act or do something like that maybe but i'm open to all of that now because i have the skill set already like i could if i had to i could probably write a script for a whole tv show or something like that or all of that I just do the research and do it but now i got the fan base to do whatever i want within that you know what I'm saying? With did that creativity because I heard Steve Jobs say something like this. And I think this is why things tend to work out for me. Whereas creative concern, he said, cause I, cause I adopted this same uh, thinking and ideology. He was on stage introducing, I think the, the first iPhone and talking about what was going to be on it. Right. And he was like, he going through all the little stuff and how they had simplified all this complex computing and files and folders and all that. He was like, nah, I'm just going to have icons and just, you know what I'm saying? And some dude in the audience was like, well, you don't really understand the capabilities of a technology because you don't have this thing and that thing that's readily available in all the other computers, but your system doesn't have it. So do you even really understand it? And Steve Jobs, he seemed like a gangster low key. <laughs> he like he was like, he's like, you may understand all of that, but that's because you thinking you just want to show people how tech savvy you are. The way we creating at Apple is we starting at user experience and then we work backwards from there. So what is the best experience for the user and how do we implement technologies that serve that? Not just technology for technology's sake. Right. So I'm not making video for video's sake. I don't make music for music's sake. I think of a feeling in a person's brain of being like, have you ever learned something new? What do people always say when they learn, some, when they learn something new? Oh, I didn't know that. Or, oh, that's okay. Nobody ever learned something new and be like, why did I learn that new information? <laughs> like learning something naturally makes you like perk up a bit. Like, oh, what? It kind of stimulates you in a way. And mm -hmm. I, it, so much so it made me Google it, Google endorphins and learning. 
and he came back and he said, uh, learning something new causes endorphins, which is the uh, neurotransmitter that makes you happy, you know, the little uh, molecule, what makes you happy, that's what makes you feel happy. So learning gives you endorphins and having endorphins makes you learn better. So then now that you learning, it makes you happy. And because you, so it's a cycle of you raise, you raise somebody's mood, they can learn better. But if you teach them something, it'll raise their mood. So I'm like, oh, that's what's, so now I'm like, I want to put information and stuff. And that's why I feel like I've always gotten that extra push whenever I did something, because people may have learned something or they may have been inspired and it made them happy. And with so much stuff in the world, bro, it's so much in the world that make people upset. It's so much stuff that make people anxious or nervous or not knowing what the what's going to happen in their life or what all these things that just weighs on people's minds. If I can make somebody happy for one minute, or maybe like 10 seconds out of that one minute video I post, then I feel like I did my job of what I want to do while I'm alive. I just want to make people happier the best way I can. Make their day a little bit better, whether it's for 10 seconds, a minute. If I could do that, that's all I care about, bro. That's really all I care about. So that's dope. So that's your approach in terms of creating your content for TikTok and just continue to grow in that audience. Bro, and... and and I would, I would, it sounds like, it sounds more, co, it sounds more coherent and planned out than it is, bro. This stuff is an accident. Like, I want to keep stressing that oh. all of this is an accident. And I try to, even now, I think I'm at like 200,000 followers, million, 2 million likes, millions of views. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. They doing that. All I'm doing is making the videos and I try to not even think about, I don't look at my analytics and see what video worked for this and what, because I don't even want to be corrupted because before that, I didn't know what I was doing. So I try to keep that curiosity and just tinkering. I want to tinker. Like even when I used to make, even when I make music, I know pretty much every scale. I know the scales, but I pretend like I don't when I make music so that I could just do stuff. And then my creative brain does stuff. And then my brain that knows the rules goes back and refines it and puts it in somewhere that makes sense. So when I do these videos, I act like I don't know nothing about editing or shooting or video. I act like I don't know anything about what I think they like. And then when I'm finishing it, it forms itself into like that package thing. Cause that's my other brain. My first brain pretends like it don't know nothing. So I could just create freely. So yeah, that's, I try to create with, with a curiosity and with a almost like a child likes uh, imagination. I don't, I don't introduce, I don't introduce limits until I'm finishing it, trying to get it 60 seconds or trying to put it in a format of TikTok. That's when my brain kicks in to start formatting stuff. But I don't format or judge what I'm doing until the very end. Cause I don't wanna I don't wanna corrupt my decisions with, ooh, I can get a lot of views if I do that. Or oh, that one, that one got them. I gotta do it like that. I try to leave all that out of my uh process. Cause then I, that's me acting like I know what I'm doing. I'm telling you, I don't know what I'm doing, bro. <laughs> I'm literally just doing stuff and they rocking with it. I keep doing it. I don't know what I'm doing. So that's low key I like just, a metaphor that's, that's, for life in a way, man. Cause like you just gotta be aware. Like I feel like I feel like it's a balance. Like you 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 did the work on yourself, the knowledge, and putting yourself in position. But then something we just can't explain. Like something is just more so like, all right, this is what's going on around you. This is what the universe that God put around you, and things are just gonna fall in line if you do what you're supposed to do. And you just do what you're supposed to do. You listen to yourself. You applied yourself, and then that opened up these new doors. So that's pretty dope, right there for sure. Uh, let me see. I got a couple more questions before we wrap up for sure. 
So in terms of automation and everything, are you thinking in, the, in you know, what the future is going to look like for the trucking industry? Yeah, that's all, okay. Yeah. So if you ever been on my lives on TikTok, almost every live, uh, somebody always asks me how I, what I feel about that. I realistically trucking for the next 10 years, I think is going to need drivers at least for the next 10 years, most likely longer just because of legal, because even if they automate it, they still going to need at least one driver to be like, I heard Elon Musk talk about this dope idea where he, he said it's easier with the self-driving trucks to have them follow than to have one just automated by itself altogether. So what's going to probably be the first iteration of that is, it'll be one driver at the front and he'll have five trailers behind him following him. So he, so it's almost like a train on the freeway. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? So they all just follow, the trailers just follow the truck because they don't need a driver for, for like five trailers that's full. So not one driver could do the work of five. But what people not realizing, it's already too many loads for their, for their our drivers. There's not enough drivers right now than for the amount of loads they need driven. We throw away thousands upon thousands of pounds of food because it ain't enough drivers to transport this food or they give it to soup kitchens and stuff. I've had loads to where I couldn't get it across the country fast enough because the way that the timing was and they had to throw half the load away in a dump or something. So it's already not enough drivers. Getting a CDL, and that's kind of the beauty of having a CDL, is that it makes you rare because they you legally can't teach somebody how to do it. They got to go get that license. So it's not enough drivers. So I think the industry is safe for at least 10 years. Now, after that, it may, if they get it to the point where it's not only more, you make more money this way, but it's also safer. Like, I think driving cars, period, eventually going to be illegal. I think they're going to stop letting people drive cars. If it gets to a point to where there's a a, a robust network of self-driving cars, and they say, oh, we can go from however many people die in a car a year, let's say 500,000, I don't know. How many people die in the world from car crash? Let's say 500,000. It's probably more than that. If they can go from 500,000 to like 20 or something like that, or even, you know what I'm saying? Or like to sure. 20 people or like 30 people or something like that, they gonna make driving illegal. Nobody's, they not gonna let people drive cars no more. If they can be like, okay, we have enough cars on the road now, the network has been figured out. Cause every year these systems are learning, these algorithms are, are not linear, they, they exponential. So the, the growth is gonna be, once they start learning, it'll be faster than we than we can, you know what I'm saying? But I'm all for it. I think that's the future of everything. I think everything gonna be automated. And the, the, the future of humanity is gonna be, we're gonna have to figure out what we gonna do with our time because we're gonna have algorithms and robots doing everything. For real. Everything, including yeah. art. The, including art and music and everything else. They have algorithm systems now that can recreate songs from artists that have passed. I heard some just yesterday. Uh, new Amy Wine, new Amy Winehouse uh, song made by a, 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 an equation essentially. They just sat there and ran her songs through their thirty songs and it analyzed her voice. It recreated her voice. It recreated her breath, how she sings. It recreated the structure of her songs and the the little lagging it would be because you know she kind of jazzy. Yeah. So if they can recreate her songs. Your little 16 ain't gonna be nothing when these algorithm rappers start dropping albums. That's gonna be perfect albums. <laughs> when you can feed the greatest MCs of all time or the greatest vocalist, Beyonce and everybody else who ever sung all they files in the thing, and then this digital artist comes out that makes music better than everybody, we ain't gonna even be doing that, let alone 
the money the driving trucks and working in office buildings office buildings almost a thing in the past because of covid zoom let mm. everybody know like why do we even need these buildings so the future of human beings doing things like that is kind of it's just it's an inevitability bro it's like just like we don't you know what i'm saying we we're not in the process of even getting our own food right now like when the last time we went to a garden and gathered i don't know you probably do stuff like that i don't go to a garden and get my own food and cook it right there and have to raise my own animals we've outsourced almost every part of our life already for real so that's just gone so the truck driving bro is gone turn to automate it but it ain't gonna be as fast as everybody thinking i think it's gonna be enough time for the world to adjust to the new society just like we don't have people that are called calculators there used to be people called calculators and they always in one building you seen it in the in the hidden figures yeah yeah they sitting there writing and calculating now you got an app on your phone doing that whole room job it's like for real we can't hold on to stuff like this technology gonna gonna gonna, gonna handle that but i think it's dope if you know elon i don't know if you know elon anybody who knows elon tell him i want to be the ambassador for the tesla trucks let me teach me how it works you know what I'm saying? I'll be the front face. I'll translate that to everybody else. I'll make it simple. That's one thing I've learned that I have a skill at. I could take something complicated that somebody thinks is complicated and give it to them in a simple way. And I can get the world behind this idea of the self-driving truck. Cause I think it, it'll not only, it'll solve problems more than it'll create problems in my opinion. Gotcha. Yeah, all right, that's pretty dope, man. So like final question is, you know, just before we leave off, what game of wisdom would you pass on to somebody watching this? Because you lived your journey through life. You've been through your ups and your downs. And you're building right now. You're growing. So what game would you give to anybody listening to right now? Mm, this is what I learned. And I'm not an expert, but this is this is what worked for me. And this is kind of how I was taught also. No matter what mood you are in, no matter what stage you are in your life, and that's very key. Mood is key. No matter how you feeling, if you mad, you happy, you sad, you glad, create in that whatever headspace you're in, create. Whatever financial space you're in, create. Make the best of the situation. Package it. You See how you can take that story and how can that inspire somebody else. Serving other people, I tweeted this, life hack. Serving the people actually enriches you. So if you come from a place of how can I serve people, no matter what mood I'm in, how can I make other people's life better? How can whatever mode I'm in impact the world in a positive manner? It will always work out for you. Not only that, people will want you to be okay. If you affected somebody in a personal, in a, in a, in a person-to-person way and made their life better, you ain't gonna have to worry about money in no kind of way. You, you gonna have to worry about it for a little bit. I was broke for a long time, bro. I ain't no more. And that's why I push trucking. Be open to new to new things, but make the best of your situation. Always create, no matter what mode you're in, always create because it can change your life. You never know what you are doing or why you're doing it. And you don't have to explain it to nobody. Just stay on that path, keep creating, keep changing, keep innovating, be malleable. You know what I mean? And everything is going to work out for the better. I promise you that. That's pretty smooth, man. So before we head out, you know, hit the people with your social media and uh, the ways to reach you. Man. Okay, yeah, my name is Wazir. Better known as Trucker Wazir as of lately. Y'all can follow me on TikTok at Trucker Wazir. Trucker spelled like trucker. 
Wazir spelled W-A-Z-E-E-R. Go on there if you want to learn about trucks, even if you don't want to learn about trucks. If you just like being entertained, go check out the Trucker Wazir page. If you went to hip hop, if you're into music, innovative music, breaking the rules, trying things that haven't been tried yet. You want to see somebody make a beat out of a saw and a hammer and a, and a paint bucket? What is he doing over there? Go check out my Instagram, <laughs> Wazir at W-A-Z-E-E-R underscore. You can follow, if you want to listen to my music, you can find any music on any of the streaming platforms, Wazir underscore. And um, my Instagram that I had just made, that I made but wasn't really paying attention to, to y'all posting me, Black Monopoly, uh, is, is Trucker Wazir on Instagram because I hadn't even really been paying attention to the Instagram part. So y'all follow me on Instagram and let's build that up. And y'all just stay tuned with me, man. And my email is wazeraffairs at gmail.com. That's W-A-Z-E-E-R affairs at gmail.com. If you a brand, if you into the trucking industry, if you into any other industry and you want me to promote on my page, I have a strong following. They're very energized. Just hit me up. I'm, I'm about partnerships. And uh, just stay tuned with me, man, because I'm on this ride and it's, it's really to serve y'all. If I can entertain y'all in any way, I'm going to do that. So thank y'all for supporting me. Anybody who have, if you just found out about me through this email, shout out to Busy for even hitting me up to do this. It's so dope. I rock with y'all page. Follow Black Monopoly. That's what y'all should be following because the page is lit. They hilarious. Any Dr. Umar meme on there, I'm laughing. I'm dying <laughs> laughing all the time. I be swipe, uh, you swipe, that swipe through it. You see that, you know it's gonna be. You know. I gotta talk to you anyway about y'all format, but sure. I love y'all, man. Thank you so much, uh, Busy, bro. Shout out to y'all for watching, man. Dope, man. That was Dope Dialogue presented by Black Monopoly. Wazir, man, thanks for your time. Thanks for all the gaming. Like, you know, just giving us you. We appreciate it. And um, follow Wazir, man. Black Monopoly, we out.